Welcome to the Enduro Method podcast. Enduro Method is an online strength and conditioning program built for those who ride by those who ride. We are professional coaches dedicated to building the best and most revolutionary off the bike training for dirt bikers around. We are offering a special discount for our podcast listeners. Use discount code EMPODCAST22 for 50% off your first month. For more information, head to the description of this podcast where you can find the discount code and a link for more information and to sign up. All right, welcome to the Enduro Math Podcast. Today we're going to talk about six ways to progress or regress exercises. Uh, it's definitely not to say there's only six, but this is kind of the six that we came up with and we're going to talk our way through this. I'm joined today by Dane. How are you doing? Hi. Uh, first, how and when would you know to either progress or regress exercises? Yeah. So um, we're kind of going to talk about this from an aspect of like having a program to already follow because that would be, we just need a baseline somewhere to kind of start. So a good way to think about when to progress exercise either the difficulty or loading or whatever, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, is when the sets, the number of sets and reps that are called out for in that program have become easier, right? You can complete them with great form. I mean, they're probably still challenging for you, but you're able to do it with good form and technique um, and complete all of them, then that's the time to start thinking about using maybe one of these six techniques to then make it more challenging for yourself. And on the flip side of that, if um, there's a set number of sets and reps called out for and you are unable to perform them, either with good technique or maybe the exercise or loading or parameters or whatever is just too difficult, then you need to think about regressing that down or scaling it down to something that you were able to do. And then over time, you're able to build back up to it. So um, having a baseline and something that you're using as a standard, I guess, would be a way to then judge whether you need to progress or regress. And of course, pain and injury, you know, stuff like that is always um, a way to look at that as well. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing would be to test and retest, you know, like make sure you're tracking what you what you do that way you know if you care right keeping a log of weights keeping or... a log yeah like this week i did you know 95 by 5 back squats so and that felt good wasn't sore my form was perfect next week maybe i could try 105 you know or 115 or whatever so that gives you like keeping a log of everything whether that's you know in your whatever application you're using pen and paper like we have people that come to our gym with like a notebook and they write everything down right um so you're establishing a little bit of a baseline or consistency of like the um weights and use for reps and stuff like that Yeah. yeah so i would say that's you know the the tried and true way is to write it down or yeah. log it somewhere that way you know um right you know whether you should or should not progress or or regress right yeah and for the most part i mean that's what we're constantly kind of looking to do right we're trying to progress over time um it's not a linear line that's why uh, that's a topic for another time but um that's why you can't just add weight for the rest of your life right if you start lifting today (laughs) you're not going to have a linear progression of just adding weight over time no 
right? It'll work for a little while. And <laughs> I then would be so freaking strong right now. And then you'll plateau, and then you'll probably regress some, and then, you know, anyways. So there are a bunch of different strategies to help do that. Um, if you do follow a program like Enduro Method, a lot of this stuff's already built into what we do. Um, but even if you were following that, there might be some exercises or reps that are called out for that are not attainable for you. So having some of these things in your bag or ideas as a toolkit is a great way to uh, make sure to keep moving forward. So number one of our six is range of motion. So range of motion is a great way to either progress or regress any exercise really. Um, And that just means you're changing how far you're moving through whatever the rep calls out for. So let's use a squat as an example, just because it's pretty easy to think about. Um, If you're doing a squat and staying really high, right? So you're just doing a quarter squat, that would be a lot easier. And as you get stronger and in better position, you would just increase the depth of that squat till we were going as far down as we were able to maintain a good position, hopefully getting hip crease below the knee at some point. Yeah. Or if you, you know, to regress it, if you don't have the strength to pull yourself out of the hole, out of a squat all the way down, then regress it by not going as far. Not going as deep. Correct. And there's many ways you can uh, attain that. You could set a box underneath you and squat to a box Mm -hmm. to use as a depth gauge. And then as consistently you were able to get to that depth, you know, for whatever reps or sets and reps you were doing you could decrease the height of that box and that would give you a really solid um, measurement aspect of that range of motion Uh, pull-ups two would be that one it's funny because i was just trying to think of other movements because i'm like you know i wouldn't i mean sometimes maybe if it was like a you know to to regress a a pull-up i would put it in one of these other categories that we haven't touched on yet but like Range of motion, like another one I could think of that would work would be a lunge, you know, like if you can't get your knee all the way down to the ground, you know, maybe you just shorten that up a little bit, but otherwise, or then increasing range of motion, you could do an elevated lunge to progress it, but like what other movements are there? Well, pull up, you could start with the scat pull up. True. Right. And then usually the top part of the pull up is the hardest part, but you could do reps in the bottom half. Yeah. yeah, but like a like a push up, I wouldn't. You're not over telling someone to go shorten the push up. I would tell them to, you know, like what we haven't touched on, but like do a different method, like change the angle of which they're doing their push ups at, um, versus doing a short range of motion push up. Yeah, but think of how many people have started off doing quarter push ups, even though we been in highly encouraging of full range of motion and then over time after a couple months they're actually able to do a full range of motion push-up so yeah range of motion is one of those things that we're always there's always usually a standard and the, the more range of motion we can go through safely the better um, but by shortening the range of motion in the beginning and one of the things we'll get into later is tempo um, which will really come into play with this but Using that as a tool to potentially get to a point where we're going through a full range of motion is a good way to progress or regress exercises. Loaded and unloaded. I mean, so it's great for body weight and if you have access to a gym. All right, second one, um, how to progress or regress would just be by exercise selection. 
So this would be like, what was our examples that we? <laughs> um, well, and again, there's a, there's going to be overlap in a lot of these, but you could squat. We'll just stick with that because it seems to be easy. But if your goal was to get to a one-legged squat, but you didn't have the strength, just through exercise selection, maybe you're starting with a regular two-foot air squat. And once you've built up more strength than that, then you're going to um, some lunge variations, right? Bulgarian split squat or something like that. So it's a little bit more challenging because now we're going from a two-footed exercise to a one-legged exercise. And then from a Bulgarian split squat, we're going to a skater squat, maybe assisted, and then finally to a pistol squat. So you can move through a, a, a thoughtful progression of exercises that get more challenging as you go. My thought was the pull-up example. So like regressing a pull-up, if you can't do a pull-up exercise selection, changing that to a ring row because a ring row is still a pulling mechanic. Correct. Um, but less intense for most people. Yes, and it's much easier to scale because your feet are on the ground and right. you can walk yourself to yep. a position and an angle that's easier that basically demands less body weight yep. to pull. Yep, scaling, you know, I scaling a, you know, a push up to a dumbbell bench press. You know, you're still getting the mechanics, but instead of lifting your body weight, you're lifting maybe 10 pounds in each hand. Right. And and typically when you're doing from an exercise selection standpoint, you're staying within the the category of what the exercise is targeting. Yes, you want to yeah, exactly. The muscle group. Keep the muscle group and the ideals the same. So if you're doing a leg push, you're going to go from a two-legged to a one-legged, right? It's going to increase in difficulty. Same with the pulling. Um, you might end up at start at a two-arm variation and end with a single-arm variation. Anything else on that one? That one seems fairly self-explanatory. Maybe it's not. Um, well, I was just trying to think of other examples of what we were... We the, ex- the only time I'd say it gets more tricky is when we start talking about load, because, and that's our next one. Because it's so easy to just make every exercise super challenging because all you got to do is put more weight on it, right? But a thoughtful progression through exercises um, is, is very helpful if, I guess it, it probably gets more and more important when the, when the exercise you're trying to achieve is more challenging. Like if you want to bar muscle up, Right. Like you, you, you probably have to you go to start with all these different exercises. Exactly. You really do need to have a thoughtful right. progression through things. And that would work with the pistol too, or a single leg squat. Like if you want to do a full single leg squat, that's why you'd start with maybe an air squat, then move to a single leg squat to box, to a skater squat, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So the, I, I mean, that totally makes sense. Like the more complex the exercise, um, a good modification would be exercise selection totally like if you want a one-arm pull-up you better have a pretty darn good two-handed <laughs> six-month plan to like get you to that one-arm pull-up right um yeah all right so number three loader resistance this is probably the most common it's by far the easiest way to progress and also regress exercises is just manipulating the loader resistance yeah um you could talk about this through everything. You could talk about this for conditioning work. I'll try not to get sidetracked. We're talking about exercises. And again, if we just go to the squat example, you're going, you're just adding weight. Like if you're doing a back squat, 
You'll progress it by adding weight, regress it by taking weight off and maybe going body weight. Right. Um, and, and this would tie in a little bit with exercise selection because you can vary the, the you know, back squat for most people is probably a little bit easier than, let's say, a front squat, which is potentially a little bit easier so than a squat. there's exercise selection. Totally. Um Right, we can do... Oh, there you go. You could regress a front squat by doing a zercher squat if it yep. hurts your wrist. Absolutely. So all kinds of options there, but loading is probably one of the easiest ones. Uh, manipulating where the load is on the body, how you hold it, all that stuff can completely change the stimulus from the thing. So it's really cool because there's such an infinite number of ways to approach all these things. You could do lunge variations and just have a barbell, dumbbells, and kettlebells, and spend a year going through lunge variations. Where you hold them, how you hold them, one arm, two arm, overhead, by your side. Front rack. Front rack, like pretty endless options, and it's it's keeps it training interesting. Um, and the other thing that this adds is we were talking about that linear progression of you can't just add weight forever. Mm-hmm. But by manipulating exercise selection and load, you're able to keep making gains over time in all yeah. these different areas. And you're just kind of, by keeping these variations. Um, I feel like they're like exercise selections and range of motion, there's like, it's kind of a little bit more gray. Like, how did I progress that? Whereas load, you can easily say, I, w- I squatted 65 pounds. Or I squat at 85 pounds. Correct. But so like where that becomes important is keeping the range of motion the same yeah. as you're adding weight. Yeah. <laughs> right. But if, like it's, I'm just saying it's like more black and white. Like it's how to progress an exercise, add weight. Totally. How to regress, take it off. Yep. Resistance is the same. You know, it's a little bit more, it's, it's not a 10 pound weight. It's a pink band or whatever that... Right. To be honest, uh, even the ratings on those, like pink band is, say it's 30 pounds. Like they're, it, it's well, what so variable. Stretch, right? Yeah, what part yeah. of the stretch. So, you know, it's just like that would go back to recording it, writing it down so you know. Right. Like, Instead of actually taking the word of whatever is printed on the band, just say the color and not how thick it was or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, tempo. So number four. This one is super cool. Uh, you can, this, this is one of the best tools out, one of the great tools out there for um, getting variants and training and making things either harder or easier, but especially if, if loading is a little bit more challenging, a great way to, if you, let's say you don't have as many options of weights, incorporating tempo work is a great way to get a really good stimulus without having as much access to as many weights as you want. So what we mean by tempo, and we're talking about this in a rep, one rep, which let's say one, again, we'll just use a back squat as an example. It's a cadence for every rep, right? So it's a, it's a time count for how you complete the rep. Uh, it's four numbers, typically, potentially one letter, but the first one refers to the lowering of the movement or the, the negative, the eccentric portion. 
Um, and so you're, you're referring, you're just talking about how tempos are written on the internet. How they're written, well, not just the internet, but yes. Um, and and what they are, right? It's a rep count, and there's kind of four parts to each movement. So there's the eccentric, the, the lengthening yeah. of the muscle. There's the bottom portion of the movement. There's the concentric, which is the shortening of the muscle. And then the top of the movement. So that's the four parts of returning to where you start. Um, when it's written, there's obviously it's always written the same way. And so you have to be careful on what the movements are to make sure. At least if with Enduro Method, it's written the same way. All tempos should be always written the same way. And then the movement potentially changes. Like as an example, a back squat, you start with the bar on your shoulders standing up, right? That's the start of the movement. With the tempo, that first number that you see is going to be always the eccentric portion of the lift. So a back squat, it's easy. You start going down. That's the eccentric portion. You'd go down for whatever the call out would be let's call it three seconds for now so you go one two three then you'd be at your bottom portion of the lift there would be a second call out for that maybe it's one so you stay at the bottom for one second then um, a typical one is x which would just be up as fast as possible but let's say there's a second count there for three seconds as well so then you would stand up over the course of three seconds one two three one second at the top of the movement and that's your rep. So that rep, you know, before you ever even do it, should take you exactly eight seconds. Three seconds down, one second hold, three seconds up, one second at the top. Um, again, because of that tempo and the time under tension while you're doing it, it makes lightweight much harder, right? Even body weight movement. So it's a great way to manipulate and potentially throw it in if, if you don't have as big a weight selection as you want. Even if you do, it's still really good for a number of reasons to increase tendon health and um, other things like that. But anything to add? Typo. Yeah, um, like to regress. How would you regress using tempo? Usually like just lighter weight and then playing around with the, the tempo of the movement. Right, the, the seconds that it takes to complete each rep. Because you can also, the cool part with tempo is you can also kind of pinpoint weak points. So um, back to like the pull-up example, because typically the top half of the pull-up is the hardest part, right? So you can, maybe you do a pull-up and you have to hold your chin over the bar at the top for three seconds before, and then slowly lower yourself down for three seconds, right? So you're able to kind of take maybe a target area where you have weakness and put a little bit more emphasis on it instead of just getting your chin over the bar and going back down and not spending any time building strength there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most movements you do slower, the harder <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. But you can also take a movement maybe and instead of going super heavy, um, stay light, regress it by light load, but then increase your your tempo on the per rep. Mm -hmm. All right, number five. This one's, again, this would go up to me right up there with load. Um, yeah, I was going to say, this one's pretty black and white with load. Yeah. Reps. Reps. So to make something more challenging, do more of it. Right, so you could 
you could say I could do, let's say I could do five back squats at 185 pounds on week one. Well, next week I'm going to try and do six back squats at 185 pounds. And then next week, seven back squats at 185 pounds. And again, you can see where you can't do this forever, right? At some point, a hundred back squats at 185, it's going to be pretty hard. So this works for a little while and then you need to incorporate some other tools to then continue progressing over time. Yeah. And, and all of these options, like they're kind of like intermixed. Like I just thought of like, you know, what you just said, back squat, 185 by five, 185 by six, 185 by seven, 185 by eight. Then you go back at drop, increase the weight, the load, 195 by five, you know, and then right. see, you know, you can keep progressing stuff like that. So where you're just, not all of these are one and only like you're. Yeah, they don't live in a vacuum. Yeah. So you can like mix them all or like another example, five by five, 185, and then you add a tempo. So instead of playing with the reps, now you're playing with the tempo. Um, but yeah, reps is a good one. I really like reps for pull-ups. Yeah. Because everyone cares how many pull-ups they can do. <laughs> and if you don't, you should. <laughs> and if you don't, you should. Um, but yeah, you know, 20 reps is typically harder than 15 reps. Um, but that one's pretty straightforward. Add increase volume. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that one's pretty straightforward. I, I think what you said kind of hit it on the head, though. They're mostly all a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, um, like to me, range of motion, once that, once the standard range of motion is achieved. Then you manipulate the rest to progress. Then you, then you manipulate load and resistance, exercise selection, tempo, reps, you know, but like we do want to get range of motion to be consistent for the movement that you're doing. Um, and then outside of like, maybe progressing and regressing exercises, trying to increase range of motion in certain areas from a mobility standpoint can be really good. Um, but even if like, I'm trying to think of an example. Let's say I can back squat, like ass to grass, like Olympic lifting style, right? I wanna mostly go that deep when I squat but I'm probably not going to go like rock bottom all the time. Like if I were catching a snatch overhead. I don't know. I don't know if that example works. <laughs> you might have just lost. Yeah. You lost me. Maybe everyone else. Yeah. Right. Um, Anyways, once our standards <clears throat> and range of motions are achieved um, and you're able to hit that consistently, then manipulating the other factors. Yeah. Uh, to go along with reps, one thing, I mean, you can attest to this. We had a client um, that we were working with that they wanted to decrease the volume of pull-ups they could do. Like, going back to my pull-up thing, everyone cares about how many pull-ups you can do. So, like, you just added one every week. Like, you kind of went on that linear progression. And they started at, I think, and they were already pretty decent at doing pull-ups I don't remember, but maybe nine. And then they got to like 14 pull-ups or something. Mm. I mean, granted their training age is, you know, seven plus years of being in our gym, but being able to 
jump from nine pull-ups to 14 pull-ups as a female is pretty legit. Yeah, that was um, great. So, like, that was a cool way. So, if you're like, what can I incorporate? You know, there's a tangible one. Like, yeah, add do as many pull-ups as you can one time a week and see if that number goes up every week. Right. Yeah, there's so many ways to go about doing all these things. It's 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 kind of like picking one and being consistent enough to see some results from it. Yeah. Um, not to get terribly too sidetracked, but you can also, like on the on a bigger picture, and this was like, um, I know, what's that barbell? This is where you're going at with the snatch, for example? No, Louis Simmons would always do this, but he would add up total pounds lifted, right? And the first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit, this is way too much math and way too complicated. But what it boiled down to is like, we're going to lift 24,000 pounds today on a back squat. And then next week we need to do 24,500. And then next week we need to do 25,000, right? So, so every week it was just this macro picture of we need to lift this much weight. And as long as we're lifting this much weight, even in the reps and the sets, like they're less important than us hitting this volume number. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot more into it and all that stuff, but it's, it's just a way to look at it and be like, okay, cool. That makes sense. Like if I'm going to go run and I want to start increasing and I go, I need to hit 10 miles a week and I want to increase that. I don't care how I get my 10 miles a week in, but next week I want to, and then the week after that, I'm going to do 11 and then 12 and then 13. So however you want to break that up, you can do six and four, you could do two, 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 two. Like it doesn't really matter as long as you're hitting that, that goal, right? It's just another way, um, to think about it. And you could, that could be a pull-up example. That could be whatever you want. So, okay. Last one. Very many options. Last one, balance and stability. So as far as progressing and regressing exercises, um, you can take balance and stability out or add it in there to progress or regress a movement. Yes. So a single leg deadlift, a single leg RDL, if you're unable to complete the movement due to balance or stability, you can hold on to something to take that out. You could add stability. Add stability, yeah. Right, by like holding on to the rig or a wall or a PVC pipe or or something. Or if you're doing a deadlift with both legs, you can increase the difficulty by doing it on one leg. Yes, and there you would be adding instability. The, the thing that needs to be thought about on this one is the more unstable the surface, the less force you can apply. So it's not that, that some of this stuff doesn't make sense, but if your goal, it's goal-oriented. So if, if you're really strong and that's taken care of, and you want to play around with maybe trying to increase some balance or increase some stability, maybe it's worthwhile doing some single leg RDLs on a BOSU ball or on a, a really thick foam pad, right, to introduce some of that stuff. And there's probably some benefit to be gained from that. But if you're on the side where you're trying to get stronger, First and foremost, you shouldn't be adding instability into their exercises and trying to get stronger. You should be doing them from the most stable, relatively positions possible 
and working on some of these other things that we talked about to get stronger first. How do you know when you're strong enough to add stability? That's a good question. Um, I've thought quite a bit about standard markers for men and women on in the enduro, hard enduro, dirt bike, motorcycle, motocross world. I don't necessarily think that they're super important. I don't know. It's hard. Um, If you go online, you'll be able to find, you know, what's a strong dude? What's a strong female? Like there will be some some markers out there. I don't know how relevant that is for us in the sport. Usually the sport defines like if if you look at the pinnacle of the sport the athletes at the pinnacle of the sport they usually define what's strong enough right um and that's hard because i have no idea what anybody at the top of our sport numbers hey, Tristan are hart what are you back squatting <laughs> totally yeah let's hear it uh cody webb tristan uh send us your numbers Ryder. what else who else is out there colton and then you got to get the girls. In yeah, there I'd love to see some gym markers from you. What can you row a 2K at? What can you squat? What can you bench? How many pull-ups can you do? So if you got a connection out there to their secret um, numbers. But, you know, that's that's kind of where, <laughs> how you define that. And so my first impression would <laughs> potentially be, uh, well, I have no idea. What I, I know what I would consider strong but I don't know if that's necessarily as relative to the sport right so I think I think a dude should be able to do 10 strict pull-ups I think that's a pretty fair body weight full range of motion dead hang I think a dude and I'll down turn this over and Dan can throw out some ladies numbers I think a dude should be able to this jumping off of strength and going into conditioning should be able to row uh, 2k in under seven minutes no matter your size What's that rowing at? 145. I think that's oh, pretty fair for somebody at a high level of conditioning that wants to do well in sport. Um, what else? And I think you should be able to back squat your body weight for five reps. And these are low bar. These are for men, by the way. And this would be for dirt bikers. This isn't, if you go in the strength world, these wouldn't even register. Um, but I think those are pretty fair things, and those would be some pretty general. You should be able to hold an elbow plank for two minutes in a really good position. Um, what else would be a couple of decent metrics? Anyways, those are just some thoughts. I, at some point, I might write these down and put them out in a blog or something, but it, it is hard to come it up is, with it these. It is hard because it's like, it's not like. I can think of all the ways that this carried over to other things. Like, the purposes like when we were at mountain athlete like you know there was gym based numbers based on stuff but it was all gym based right but it's also it seems like it carries over to the outdoor sport like you and need like, to be able to carry crossfit up. i mean obviously there was probably standards there but it was all related to the movement but it, but it also do. dictated by the sport of crossfit right so yeah, if you're looking exactly. at the top competitors so like, it's like oh i need to be able to snatch 300 pounds so like jerk 350. dirt biking it's more of like can you do a zap can you do a wheelie right. that's where i think that's probably you know and let's face fitness. it there's some phenomenal riders out there who are not fitness specimens you know so like it's yeah. very challenging that's to why know. i think it's not very 
Right. That's why I haven't pursued it terribly far. I think it's interesting, and I think somebody should. But I need I need data. Yeah. More data. Yep. Can you do a zappy? <laughs> not necessarily the data I'm talking about. I'm Can talking about, like, what can you do? How many strict pull-ups? How many no, body weight back about, squats? <laughs> How many, what's your 2K row? How fast can Come you on, do IRC, figure eight? IRC tire guy, hit us up. Tell us your numbers. <laughs> um, um, where were we? Balance and stability. So it's important to place balance and stability where it is. Don't get carried away with the sexy stuff you see on Instagram that's a bunch of nonsense. Use the gym, get stronger. Practice. I, I personally, I honestly think balance and stability should be done mostly in sport. Like if, if you want to get better in balance and stability in relation to dirt biking, go static balance in the garage. Go stand on your dirt bike. Like that's going to do more for you than doing, uh, but for the most part, than like introducing some type of unstable surface and doing a, a dumbbell movement, right? Get, get like real sport specific with it. If that's, your angle if you just want to mix it up and get some variation in training for some accessory work and it's not your main lifts i'm all for it i think it's great it's interesting it's fun right all those things um we do weird stuff every now and then but i still believe there's some carryover and i'm not saying there's no carryover I i just think that's one of those ones that it looks sexy and people are drawn to it but i i think some of it's pointless I think we, if you're listening to this, you should send us how many strict pull-ups you can do with your body weight, what your 2K row is. And uh, body weight back squat. And your... So that would mean no, we'd need how much you weigh and how many back squats you can do no, with body weight. Say, that one's just hard, a little bit harder, but sure. Send us any relevant gym <laughs> metric. I'm like dying to know now, like... Anyways, that was a total tangent. But those would be three good ones. Strict pull-ups. If you've made it this far in the podcast, send us a DM on Instagram. Body weight back squats. How many pull-ups can you do? Let's and the just back start squats with that. Need we to can be get that. That one's really easy to test. From standing to parallel and back up. I think we should scrap that one. And a 2K just row. Just focus on the pull-ups. The others are bonus. Focus on the pull-ups because everyone can do that. You can either hang from a bar and do zero, or you can hang from a bar and do... One to many. All right, send us an email. Hit us up on Instagram. <laughs> Here's your homework. Send us DM. All right. So Josh and Dane's curiosity gets curbed. <clears throat> um, so quick recap. How and when to progress. Progress when it's when you can, when you can move the weight, load, tempo, whatever. Well, with quality movement, time to make it harder. And on the flip side, if you if you cannot, right, or if it's too hard and you can't find kind of hit the reps or sets of reps that are called out for, possibly regressing the movement or making it a little bit easier, scaling it back until you can and building back up. Um, number one, as far as our six go, range of motion, starting with less, increasing that is a way to progress it and reversing that for regressing. Exercise selection. Starting with easier exercise, working your way toward harder exercise. If whatever is called out for is too hard, trying to find good substitutes that are a little bit easier. Uh, number three, load and resistance. Add load when you can. Take it away if you need to. 
Number four, tempo, manipulating the cadence per rep. Right? Um, again, that's a great one. Reps, very simple. Add more reps, make it more challenging. Take reps away to make it easier. And then the last one, use with caution, balance and stability. Get in your sport. Right. I think that's it. I'm sure there's maybe some ways that we left out, but those were the six that came to our brain. And again, this was hopefully mostly based off progressing and regressing exercises. There's Not your training. A bunch of different variables and another probably a whole other list. Some of these would be applicable, but if we were talking about trying to progress and regress training as a whole. Training right? plans. So anyways. Alright. All right, thanks for listening. You made it through another episode with Dan and Josh from Enduro Method. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star review. Well, go do some pull-ups and let us know. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Enduro Method. Um, you can find us on the webpage, enduromethod.com. We offer that discount for our Enduro Method or our podcast listeners. So if you're interested in joining the program, make sure to check that out in the bio. Yep, now's the time. Now's the time. Get started for next year. All right, cheerio. All right, bye.